Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Possum University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing the Christmas puppy effect. What is it and what does it mean for shelters and rescues close to you? Definitely seems timely to bring up this topic. I think so. So the Christmas puppy effect. I kind of made up that term myself, or I guess we could say I coined it myself. I like it. Um, I I haven't found any other, you know, documentation like this on the internet or through the IAABC. But when you said it, it definitely, I knew what you were talking about. It clicked, especially, as you guys know, we're on the board for the Volunteer Auxiliary for Animal Shelters, um, and that's in South Jersey, it's called Volox. We deal with pulling dogs from the uh, North Jackson Shelter who are deemed unadoptable by their standards. And their standard standards are kind of ridiculous, I would say. I think they're just outdated. I think, honestly, we've been spoiled. Yes. And I think it, this is very eye-opening for us that that's not how every shelter or rescue functions. Well, this shelter that we pull from is a municipal shelter. So they're not going above and beyond. They don't have all the resources because Lord knows where the tax money actually goes. It doesn't go where it needs to go. So I don't believe they have a trainer on staff. I think they just have somebody to do an evaluation. Basically bare minimum. Right. So basically if one little thing pops up on a dog's record, they need to go to rescue. Well, explain what was different about the shelter we were at prior. The shelter we were at prior was like a one-stop shop. If we couldn't get a dog adopted if, if a dog was totally unadoptable there's nothing we can do with it it was either we get it out to like a sanctuary where we covered the cost for the sanctuary or they were just straight up not adoptable and needed to be humanely euthanized because they weren't safe to be released to the public i think the standard uh like the way things were done at our old shelter we gave more time there was more I, get, I don't want to say more effort because I don't think that the, the the new shelter that we're dealing with doesn't want to put in the effort. I just don't think that they're accustomed to it. It's just not what they do. Yeah. They're not in the business of rehabbing animals and getting them adoptable again. They're in the business of vetting animals. And if they're adoptable, they'll adopt them out. If they're not, they get them in the hands of people who are equipped to handle it, I which would be the rescues. Both have different missions. Right. Like um, in their in their state of mind, they think very differently about what we're doing well this the jackson shelter does need to be able to handle you know a large quantity of animals coming in and out they need to keep their their facilities empty they need to be ready because they handle they do animal control intake so i guess it's a great alternative to euthanasia for space would be getting these animals out for for rescue but it's just something we're not used to like jamie said so we had four dogs today that need to go to rescue that we got in, in an email um, and Kathleen from the from Volox, she does an amazing job. She does outreach to different rescues to see who can accommodate these dogs, but all four of them are seniors. And I think only one of them was a stray, but this kind of leads me into the Christmas puppy effect. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming everybody can kind of understand where we're going with this. This is every year, every single year there is an uptick in senior dog shelter surrenders and senior dog strays. Just so happen to be a stray senior dog walking around. Never seen it before, and now all of a sudden there's no owner. 
We can't locate them. And anybody that works in animal welfare will tell you that this is them making space for, this is the owners making space for a Christmas puppy. Yeah. Um, it's nothing else really makes sense. Obviously, this isn't like a proven fact and we haven't done a ton of research, but this is this a what phenomenon seen. seen at almost every single rescue organization. And if anybody in listening to this is in animal welfare, you know for a fact in December, there's an uptick in senior dogs. And then six months from December, there's an uptick in six, seven, eight month old puppies being mm-hmm. returned. 100%. So I know that this isn't talked about much. And if you're not privy to the animal welfare world, um, this might be the first you're hearing of it. And I know this because I posted a meme, like a photo to our Instagram story mm-hmm. on at Paulson University on Instagram. It was the other day, but it got a really big response. What'd you post? It's just this text, right? It's one of those text images, but it says, To those bringing their older dogs to shelters this week to make room for the Christmas puppy, may things rot and fall off of you. (laughs) But we got a ton of messages over the course of the day. Were they yelling at you? No. (laughs) They were all saying, oh my God, this happens, or people actually do this. Yes. So... If I and then it hit me, if you're not in animal welfare, you're not even privy to. You this. don't even think about. But these, there are so many things during my day that I do as a trainer that I realize that you know my clients or or potential clients do not think about at all. It's mm-hmm. just not something that is in their daily thoughts, like it is for you and I. And I think it's important to talk about those things and not assume that they're common knowledge. Right. So I I wanted to talk about this today. And really just kind of shed some light on the fact that this does happen. People do treat animals and dogs, family dogs that they've had for 12, 15 years, like a pair of jeans. And they're old and and maybe the kids are are getting a little older. Maybe they're really young still and they're like, oh, maybe it's time for a puppy. But we don't want to worry about Baxter getting along with the puppy. So just shoo the dog along. Oh, Baxter went to a home. And th- this really happens, and it happens way more than you would ever imagine. Well, I'll say an example. We had a dog walking client that we were dealing with, uh, an older beagle. She was sweet as pie. She was very low maintenance. Um, they did have an electric fence for her because they had a very big property, very beautiful, large house. They had a lot of money. And when we were, Miranda, Almost died this day. You know, Miranda, she's very emotional, but it's it's always, the passion's always in the right place. And um, this potential client was meeting us at a console and she was basically saying, you know, I think, I think I may just, you know, rehome her. And we were like, wait, why are we, what, why are we here? What's happening? And she was basically saying that she's, she's older and that um, she just didn't, she didn't like seeing her get older and she didn't know what to do with her. And it made us so sad. We literally had to convince this woman to keep her because we, we explained to her, like, if you rehome her, she's going to lose it. She's going to be so stressed out. She's going to probably get sick because that happens a lot with dogs that, um, you know, she was emotionally attached to her. Right. And um, I just, it, like other people that were messaging you when, when they say this really happens, like even me and Miranda who have dealt with the worst of it, like we were dumbfounded. And I couldn't believe that this poor little dog who then for the next year was an angel, was like the easiest dog 
in the world to walk, no problems with her whatsoever. Um, it was just, it was just disheartening. And I, and I, it's crazy to think just normal people, this is what happens. Right. So obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're not one of these people who's yes. going to go dump your dog in an animal no, shelter you're looking or for, open the door and let them run out. You're looking for extra information. Right. So this is more to make you aware of what actually goes on, that maybe you can tell somebody else about the Christmas puppy effect. And on top of that, maybe you're somebody who's getting a Christmas puppy. And it's not that you already have an older dog that you want to get rid of, but you're getting a you're you're getting your family or just yourself a puppy for Christmas. And that's where I think we need to cover some things about the second part of the Christmas puppy effect. Yeah, it's which not is, just a senior dog. Right. Which is that May, June, July surrender of these six, seven, eight month old puppies yeah. who have serious behavior issues. I think this goes back to what I've said on previous episodes. I've said it on TikTok lately. I said it on Instagram. If you are getting a puppy, you are taking on a responsibility. And with that responsibility, not only are you paying for that dog, whether it's adoption or through a breeder or what have you, you are agreeing to vet bills. You are agreeing to food. You are agreeing to shelter. You are agreeing to love. And you are agreeing to training. That is when you decide to get a puppy. I would say it's very, very rare that a puppy does not need training. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, every single dog, even if they are smart, they don't pee in the house, you really don't have many issues with them. They deserve training. They deserve to understand cues. They deserve to understand phrases from their family. They deserve to have that clarification during their day to have a bridge gapped between you and them. Right. For them to feel secure in your home, regardless of how good they are, how great their personality is, every single dog deserves to learn and to be their best self. Because that training, it's it's beyond just opening up that communication. That's what's going to instill confidence. Yeah. And if you're down the line, right, if your puppy doesn't have confidence, you're going to have a ton of behavior issues that surface things like separation anxiety or, you know, a ton of other undesirable behaviors that are all because they don't have confidence and basic training and basic obedience are things that they're tools that you can give your dog to build confidence and to build your communication with them. And it's going to help you shape those expectations of what you want in your puppy. And that's important because these puppies that we see get surrendered towards the beginning of the summer and, you know, throughout summer that are Christmas puppies, they tend to have confidence issues. They tend to uh, be easily overstimulated because their cup isn't full. They're not getting the, the proper mental stimulation. They're not getting proper exercise. Mm -hmm. They're not, they don't have any training. They don't know any commands. This goes for not even just the Christmas puppy, but the puppies that you get September, October, they get minimal, minimal uh, socialization and then winter hits. Right. Because we're inside. We're not going, you know. We're not going to sit outside and have dinner and bring our dog into the town and they don't get to see everybody. They don't get to go to dog parks as often. Mm -hmm. especially. No, they really don't even go for walks because nobody wants to go out in the cold. Right. Really depends on your climate. But yeah. like up where we are in New Jersey, like nobody's taking their dog out. It's dark at 430. <laughs> it's already it's December 8th and it's already. It was cold yesterday. 40 degrees. Today. Yeah. So, yeah, these winter months. There's no socialization. So you have the the October puppies 
who are coming into that 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 start of maturity that that first developmental period in puppyhood with no socialization and this creates monsters it's literally mayhem i deal with it all the time so i know we're talking about christmas puppies but just in general i mean obviously it's 2020 covid crazy mm-hmm. right i'm dealing with so many dogs right now who like you said like they're at that point of like 6 7 8 months and they haven't eat, they don't even know how to walk on the leash properly right. or see people i mean i was dealing with an older puppy today and she saw oakley and she was so scared yeah. and once she sniffed him and realized that she, he could care less or i always say that wrong couldn't care less he couldn't care less right mm-hmm. yeah um she was like oh okay cool and they walked and she right. like mom was almost in tears. No, that's huge for her. That's probably yeah. her first positive it, experience. It with was. Dog. And she was so nervous that like, she's like, you know, she barks and her hackles come up and she goes, I was nervous that it was aggression. And the fact that she had that underlying anxiety about her, her puppy is just right. insane. Where this, if it wasn't COVID, it wasn't COVID times. I don't think that would have ever even happened. No, but this, it, the COVID times kind of emulates the holiday season and yes. winter yes, and absolutely. spreads it out over an entire year, mm-hmm. you know, cause now we're going to have some serious issues at least six months after the pandemic. Once, even once everything goes back to normal, we're still going to see issues because they're already deep seated. Yeah. They're already in these puppies and they're just, if we're going to be dealing with this. There's going to be an afterwave. We're, we got two different effects going on here. We have the COVID effect yeah. and the You're Christmas right. puppy effect. You're right. I did want to, when we talked about this earlier, when you wanted to do this topic, I did think of a client that I literally had yesterday. And um, if they're listening, they're going to laugh at this because we were all laughing when we were on virtual. I'm doing mostly virtual right now unless I need to physically be in person. Um, So we were doing our first virtual. Just trying not to be a part of the problem. Yes. If it's not necessary for me to be there and I can do it over virtual, that's what I'm going to do. I just want to keep everybody safe at this point. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So um, we had our first session. They have... um, a doodle, mini, I think he's a mini doodle. Um, he's four months, and they're really struggling with his biting. Um, they did check his teeth, and he he did lose one or two little chiclets in the front. So I think he's definitely teething oh, yeah. for sure. But they've said that it's it's been consistent, like since they got him. So I don't think it's just teething. I think this is just what he does now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking, you know, we were going through my whole spiel. We we're mental stimulation, potty training. Um, you know, setting them up with some, some routine rules and stuff like that. And, um, they were talking about in the beginning of it where I'm sitting there and I'm watching my, the, the wife in front and then her husband's in the back on the couch with the dog and he's got on his dog bed, like by his feet. And all of a sudden I hear, Oh, what are you doing? (laughs) I look over and the puppy has a back scratcher. So we all laugh bad or whatever. We got a back scratcher. Cool. Whatever. Then I go through everything. And later on, the dad's like, so so no punishment. Because this is their first dog in a very long time. So the way he was raised was the very traditional way of like, there's punishment. You go in your crate or you get yelled mm-hmm. at, this and that. Um, and I said, no, no punishment. He goes, really? And I'm like, yeah, because it doesn't work. I said, most of the time when puppies are getting in trouble, it's human error. It's not them. I mean, may, maybe a small percentage of the time they they have learned again, through human error, they, they learned a behavior, what gets them what they want. 
Right. You know what I mean? So it's not like just from birth, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to antagonize everybody in my life. It's not their goal. They want to, they want resources. They want love. They want food. They want all these things, right? So they don't learn to do these things um, from day one. They learn over time. So I said, it's, it's user error. So if you want to punish somebody, you need to punish yourself. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, that back scratcher. How did he get the back scratcher? Why was he anywhere near a back scratcher? And he laughed because he was like, you're right. And like, if you're going to get a puppy, you need to be prepared to puppy proof your house to realize that the dog gets something that it's not supposed to have. It's probably because you put it somewhere you shouldn't have. To him, a back scratcher of all things looks like, like a wooden stick. Right. Why is it okay outside but not mm-hmm. inside? To him. This could be a toy. This absolutely could be a toy. So why are we shocked when right. they do these things? And I explained they have two kids, two and six. And they were such good sports about it because they were like, wow, you're right. Um, I said with the kids, I said, you know, if your two-year-old, when, when the kids were babies and they were newborns and they were crying, you didn't say, oh my God, what's wrong with this dog? I mean, what's, what's wrong with this baby? This right. baby's broken. You no. would never say that. You Just, would say, okay. What can I be doing here? What do I need to do to make this baby stop crawling, crying? Do we, is the baby hungry? Does the baby need to be changed? Does it need love? Does it need food? you would go through the list of things that you missed the mark on. We need to do the same thing with our puppies, and we're, we're not doing that right. at all. In the world of training and behavior modification, at least for the science-based trainers who actually follow and are board-certified, mm-hmm. IAABC, there's something called the hierarchy of behavior change procedures, and it's you've probably seen the diagram before where it's like a, a road, and there's several exits. There's four exits, then there's a yield, then there's a stop. Right. So exit one. So you're going to take these exits in order of in order of exit one, two, three, four. Okay. And you're going to go through these as you troubleshoot your dog's behavior. Okay. So exit one is wellness, nutritional, physical. So like we always have people who all of a sudden their dog is peeing in the house. Out of nowhere. Right. And we Uh let's say we can't identify a cause. Uh Uh-huh. Nothing recent changed. They were previously potty trained. What's your first thought? UTI. Right. You think <laughs> that it could be a urinary tract infection, something medical related. And for anybody that doesn't know, I have never seen this diagram before, so we're just spitballing right now. Got to do your research, girl. We're, come on, you gotta You're do, the researcher. You, gotta you do, relay it to me. No, no, no. You got to do your continued educational <laughs> I know, units. I know. Come on. Got to check. Make sure you're up to date. UTI. That's U- my final answer. Exactly. So <laughs> any kind of medical issues. So it would make no sense if as a, as a trainer or a canine behavior consultant, if you cannot identify a possible stimulus or trigger for this behavior change, you need to exhaust medical possibilities. Mm-hmm. And that's when you say, listen, I cannot, I can't identify an issue right now. So let's, let's get a full panel. Let's have a, an outside eye of a veterinarian, take a look and make sure everything's good. Exit two. And this is what you were saying is antecedent arrangements. That's setting the stage. You're setting the stage for success. Mm-hmm. So you're not leaving toys all over the house, mm-hmm. right? You're not leaving your slippers out. You're not leaving a 12-week-old puppy to play by itself and expect it not to pee on the floor. Yeah. You're setting the stage and you're setting your puppy up or your dog up for success. Yes. And that's where that comes in. It's like all right, this back scratcher is left out. Well, of course he's going to. You he, should He's never it. seen this before. It could be a toy. It looks fun. You he, should have seen his face when he took it away from me. He was like, hey, that's mine. He was he, like, what? Right. <laughs> so the expectation 
is not there. He doesn't know that's not his toy. He doesn't know, you know, anything. He's still figuring out where he lands in this whole yeah. mix of things that's already going Absolutely. on. And that's why we need to set the expectations. So keeping things out of reach, you know, staying on top of a puppy that that's that's uh going through potty training, making mm-hmm. sure that they're getting out and they're not going to the bathroom in the house. And Pick if they up are, your pee pee pads. Yeah, don't even go down that route. <laughs> They also had a pee pee bed. <laughs> so if you exhaust medical interventions, uh-huh. right, the, it, the cause of it is not medical. And it's not an issue of setting the stage. So let's say, for example, uh, counter surfing, right? You can set the stage all you'd like. You can't stop. You, there's nothing you can do to stop yes. them from jumping on the counter it's one of and the hardest eating things. stuff on there. So yes. that, that's not the owner's fault. That's where setting the stage is. Past that exit because it Although, does not apply. I do have to say, if you're leaving food, but that's setting the stage. You should have set the stage already, right? The, right. the second. Well, I mean, exit. you're literally splitting hairs. It doesn't matter because you're setting the stage. You're not leaving food like, yeah. out on the table. You're putting it up on the counter. So if you have a bread box or something, and they're jumping on the counter and getting into the bread mm-hmm. box, you've already set the stage. Yeah. They th- then it becomes you pass that exit. It's not an issue of setting the stage, mm-hmm. and now it's an issue of training. Yes. Training needs to be done. And that's where exit three is. That's positive reinforcement. And that's when you start doing, you know, your your typical positive reinforcement stuff where you use positive reinforcers to get the behavior that you want. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. You move on to exit four, which is where you do uh, alternative behavior. So you're going to counter condition. You're going to do all these things. You have all these options available to you as you go down the road of hierarchy of behavior change. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when you get to the yield and stop, that's when we start talking about things that we don't endorse, that we that we that aren't good, that have more issues, that'll cause more issues down the line. This mm-hmm. is behavior suppression. Yeah. This is prong collars, shock collars, e collars, uh spraying with water, smacking. Yeah. These are, you know, any kind of negative reinforcer is stop sign. Don't proceed. The road's closed. Because if you couldn't figure it out through exit one through four, find a better trainer. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. It's exactly what it comes down to. And it's funny because we were talking last time about how we're on TikTok now. And that's where I go to piss people off. Because it's true. I called out uh, a really terrible trainer who I don't don't know this guy. I don't know anything about him. All I know is that I was sent a video of him teaching a dog to not pass through the door. He said the the first text on the TikTok was door dashing is scary. Yes. So obviously he's already got scary. people's attention right. and thinking that so you're, you're you gonna have just, no other choice. He's going to justify it by by making it seem like this high risk thing. So he's got this dog leashed up. So if you're a dog and you're leashed up, what are you thinking? All right, well, we're going, going for a walk. I'm going for a walk. Every time this <laughs> leash is on me, I'm going through this door. The dog was generally excited. He brings the dog to the door. The dog's nose is at the door like most dogs are when they're waiting to go outside. Mm-hmm. He opens the door and allows the dog to start passing through. And once he's about rib cage height, he begins to close the dog on, in the door three, Re- four repeatedly. times repeatedly until the dog backs out of the door. And he now believes that he taught the dog some kind of lesson when all he did. Now he won't go through the door frame. Yeah. Now he's also terrified to go outside and he's also terrified to get leashed up. Right. And then I did, obviously, I did a rebuttal of just literally saying, Oakley, wait. And I walked outside and I left the door open. I went 12 feet away from the door and I waited and I went back in 
And there he was waiting for, for his treat. And I gave him a treat. Because we set the stage to let him know when he waits, we will eventually come back and release him and treat him. Right. So the reason I'm bringing up TikTok again is because you get a lot of stupid comments on there. When you have an app that that's, it's that large and you have that many people involved in it, you're going to get some stupid people who say really stupid things. <laughs> so we, we got a little bit of the, oh, uh, but positive reinforcement would never work on a dog. On a, They like to call them red zone dogs, aggressive dogs that'll bite you. But the dog he was using was not a red zone dog. It was right. a tiny but little it, husky. But it wasn't him that was saying thing. that. But it was, just, it was just other people who were offended at the fact that we, don't, that we only use positive reinforcement. Yes. That we, we literally believe that there is no need for aversive tools. Like we don't train aggressive dogs. Right. They think that we just go and we just deal with like. Like la la la. Training puppies all day long. Just little little doodle mix puppies. Like it. it, Just because you can't solve an aggression issue with positive reinforcement does not mean that it can't be solved with positive reinforcement. It means you're not smart enough to solve it with positive reinforcement. And then maybe you need to do some continued education. Maybe you need to read some case studies. Follow a trainer who's more experienced. Because if you can't figure it out, but all these other positive reinforcement trainers are figuring it out and they're not slapping prongs on or shock collars, maybe the problem's you. You're just a bully. Maybe, maybe you're the problem. You were either a bully in high school or you got bullied in high school. And then you need to identify your limitations and maybe not take on aggression cases. Maybe you're not ready for that. But and you're, that's okay. You're, what makes me the, the most angry, though, is that they're leading owners to believe that this is the only way. Mm-hmm. And I have had so many people come to me after going to trainers like this, begging me to figure it out because they need to get their dogs off of the the prong or the shock collar or the e-collar mm-hmm. because they feel awful every single time they have to use it. They, they literally use the word have to because they were led to believe there was no other choice. I'm trying to like think of some kind of analogy to like explain what actually happens when aversive training is used um just like off the top of my head but think about like let's say your dog your dog is stuck in a five foot ditch and you're trying to get your dog out Mm -hmm. right and they need water they desperately need water and an aversive trainer comes along and digs the ditch 10 feet deeper and they hit a bit of water underground oh dog's got water you're all good all right have a nice day take your money and leave your dog oh has water, God. but now they're they're 15 feet underground. So now you need to work even harder to bring them back up to where they need to be. So what looks like a solution is not a solution. You're, you're literally several steps back from when you even started, but now the behavior that you wanted to get rid of has been suppressed. It's still there. The triggers are still there, but now it's suppressed. You got me pissed off now. <laughs> We got away from the the, the Christmas, Christmas puppy. puppy. Well, the Christmas puppy pissed me off too. <laughs> I can't believe you just came up with that analogy. Yeah, that's pretty. My mouth, Pudge's jaws on the floor. She's sitting there like, so "Wow, Dad's that smart." Shed some light, but no, I, I'm very frustrated about this Christmas puppy thing because now, now you know, we just have our little rescue, and we got four in one day. Yeah, what are these big guys doing? Yeah, from all over the United States and beyond. This is a problem. I'm also um, not looking forward to, and I know that sounds crazy because it's my business and obviously I make money when I get new clients, but I'm not looking forward to in six months from now getting clients calling me at their breaking point because they didn't think to get training sooner and say, you need to help me with, the, with this dog or it's going back. 
Do you know how much pressure you just put on mm-hmm. me? That's so unfair. That's literally what people say. All the time. I literally had someone the other day, that I'm at my wits end. This, what did she say? She said, this dog has an attention span of a cricket. And I was like, oh, that is awful to say about yeah. your dog. She didn't She didn't use this, by the way. No, she was not she nice. She was mad that we didn't get back to her within an hour. On, on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving at dinner time. I was like, wait, I literally answered you this morning and I asked you what worked for you for next week and then I didn't get back to her within enough time. So she tried to badmouth me on Facebook and I yelled at her. This is either a really good episode or a really bad episode. I don't <laughs> people know. are not nice. That's the, that's the moral. We're just trying to help people. I want everybody to be proactive when they make decisions in their lifestyle. Not just when you get a puppy. This is like therapy session one-on-one right now. Be proactive with everything that you do, but mainly your puppies. I think the biggest takeaway here for that second part of the Christmas puppy effect, because mm-hmm. we're still sticking to that theme, I think, with this conversation, is to set the stage. Yeah. Never have to get to the positive reinforcement and the counter conditioning exits. Set the stage, and that's when you end up having a dog that kind of doesn't ever really need training. Your expectations need to change before you get a dog. I'm sorry. Your that's, life is not going to be the same. That's part of setting the stage. It's just, I just don't, I have so many people that expect these puppies to come into their home and just be. Just hang out on the corner. And I'm like, no. They, they need a little guidance first. Like, they are brand new to this world. What's that song? I'm a new soul. That one? Uh, oh. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm, it's literally like they are brand new you. babies. Like, you wouldn't just leave a newborn in a bassinet and be like, oh, you're on your own. You work with that kid. You work day in and day out to make them the best kid that they can be. And we have to do the same exact thing with our puppies. We have to understand that they're only going to be as good as we make them. And and they're going to be a product of their environment. So if there's no attention, like we've said on millions of other episodes, mental stimulation, physical exercise, and positive attention. Mm-hmm. I said it to my client the other night. You are not giving positive attention willingly. It's after the fact which does not help. It's literally telling right. him, okay, if I bite you, if I pee, if if I bark, I get attention. Right. He shouldn't have to work for the positive attention. It should he be a part of your relationship. He shouldn't have to work that hard. It should be a part of your relationship. Do your kids have to work that hard? They they shouldn't. You know, it's the same exact thing as your kids. And, and a lot of the, the ways that I train are very similar to how to raise children. And it's, and it, I had like, I was literally talking to that wife and she was like, oh my God, that's what I do with my boys. Right. Well, that's what all of the studies now are saying is that the, the way that dogs process information and process emotions is very similar to a three-year-old. Yep. I have a behavior analyst that um, is one of my clients and I'm telling her everything that we're going to be doing with her dog. And she's like, oh my God, that's what I do with my kids. Like, yes. this is what I do for work. And I'm like, she's like, but why can't I, why can't I execute it with my own dog? And I'm like, because your emotions are involved mm-hmm. with your own clients. Your emotions are not involved. Yeah, and yes, you, I love all my clients, but you know, it's not my dog. Yes, but we need to take a, a scientific approach, and it, the scientific approach is that if they process emotions like a three-year-old, and they they process information like a three-year-old, then we need to treat them like a three-year-old. Yeah, obviously they're dogs, so it's gonna be a little different, mm-hmm. and that that's where our twist on it comes in. But it, it's that's I think that's where people miss the mark is that it's it's a dog and it needs to be a dog. Yeah, why is this dog so bad? It's a dog. But yeah. it, it's it's an animal. So again, you're saying, why is this dog so bad? So I'm going to use this example again. The same the same couple. Um, they have a pen for their dog, like an X pen, right? And he spends mo- their home, mom's home, mm-hmm. 
um, because kids are home virtual. So she's got the two-year-old and the six-year-old and this dog is in the pen and he's in there most of the time during the day. He's very good in the pen. He's not like freaking out or anything like that. And obviously they're right there. But I'm like, he's eventually going to have to come out of the pen because he has to learn how to be integrated with the family. Yes. But every single time, the second they open that gate, he immediately goes to either like jump on the kids and he's mouthing them. He's not like attacking them or biting them that hard. Um, But she's like, I just don't know. Like, I can't stop him. So we went over the mental stimulation. I say, if that's what he does every single time you open that gate, First off, he's probably pent up and excited that he's finally getting out, right? And he needs to get the attention that he has been lacking immediately. So what has he learned over the last few weeks? When I come out of the pen, if I go and nibble on the kids and get all excited, I'm jumping all over the place. That's when everybody gets super excited. Yeah. And, and they're saying my name. Have it a great time. This yep. is what they want. And this is what I want. Give the people what they want. That is exactly what he's thinking. So I said, let's change up the routine. This is already what his routine is. This is his go-to move. You need to change your behavior to change his behavior. He is not going to wake up one day and say, oh, you know, I'm not going to come out of the gate and bite them. I'm going to just lay down. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So don't think it will. So what did I tell them to do? I literally told them, you need to go get a bully stick, a marrow bone, a yak bone, a bento ball, frozen Kong. Before you let him out of that gate, the second the gate, gate opens, you are handing it off to him into his mouth and then you're going to lead him over to his bed, which is near the kids. He's going to sit on his bed. He's going to do his own thing and you're going to tell the kids to leave him alone. So he can enjoy being with the family with technically has the freedom to get up if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So he can learn how to be around them, be calm, and not bite them. Right now, he has no idea how to do that because we have not helped him. So if you're struggling with that, try to think in that type of mentality. How can I get and get physically involved? This like It's not just going to happen with your words. Yeah. So you literally, you need to get up and lead him to his bed with something yummy for him to just enjoy that moment. And I think we're missing that mark. I think we're... I don't know if it's if it's just lack of knowledge, if we're just being lazy. I know this year is a dumpster fire, so I get it. We're tired. We're all anxious. We're not thinking 100% about everybody else in that moment, maybe. Right. You know, you're more worried about your kids, and I get that. Believe me. But if we want it to work and you want to be less stressed throughout the day, set yourself up for success, have the mental stimulation ready in the freezer, and you'll be good to go. It'll be your best friend. Yeah. And aside from that, uh, beyond like behavioral issues, another reason for these Christmas puppy surrenders and returns is the fact that maybe one of the kids starts to become afraid of them. Or She did say the six-year-old is now starting to get scared of him. Say, or you have other issues where there's just too much energy, too rambunctious. Okay. And you don't have enough time to devote. Right. And this is where if you are looking to get a Christmas puppy – or someone you know is looking to get a Christmas puppy and you want to talk a little sense into them, here's my recommendation for you. Wrap a collar or something similar to that, a collar and a bone or something, wrap it up, put it under the tree, and let your family open that. Let the kids open that. They're going to know what it means. They're going to know they're getting a puppy. And then you can take your family and make like, make it a thing. Make, we all get to go together. We get to meet these dogs together. We get to decide as a family what dog fits our lifestyle, you know, because really from the beginning, you can kind of tell yeah, with a puppy how much energy they have, unless you're dealing with 
a uh, a puppy mill dog or you know the Amish country a lot of times those dogs will always appear lethargic and really chilled yeah. out usually because they have intestinal parasites so they don't have the energy and then once they get treatment they become Woo-hoo! beasts <laughs> but if you're going to an animal shelter you know plenty of animal shelters Take have puppies Take your time with this this is important Right This is this is important if if you are adopting, take your time. And I think the the idea that John just came up with to really, you know, take your time with it and and take the family after the holidays to go meet this puppy, you know, you can still have that excitement on Christmas Day. Yeah, and it's still going it, to, that's going to instill so much responsibility if You're you have kids, kids. And they're going to remember that. Yeah. They're going to remember that just as much as they're going to remember like a, a box opening and a, and a little golden retriever puppy popping out. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember the excitement of that collar, the excitement building up to the days of if going to the anything, shelter or going yeah, to, to say, the store and looking. I think if anything, you're you're creating more excitement because think about it, right? You don't think you're getting a puppy. You open up a box and there's a puppy. Right. The excitement of the puppy is then and, and there. Right. It's, oh, and it's then the instant. puppy's there. There's no anticipation. It's right. there. Right. But if you have that collar and maybe it's going to be like three, four days until you get to go to the shelter to go get the puppy. Mm-hmm. That entire time you're like super excited. You're freaking I'm getting a puppy. I'm getting a puppy. That I think would be so much more memorable. Right. And what that does is it makes sure that it's a good fit for your family. So you at least avoid one of those potential issues of the whole bring a surprise dog into the mix because kids are weird, man. Yes, they might they be are. afraid of a dog just because of of the the you know the pattern in their fur. Like it could be something so simple. When Tessa was six, uh, my my best friend Nicole uh, used to. I, we actually became friends because I was babysitting at the time when I was going through um, my dog training program, and um, she's got three girls. Tessa's the oldest. When we John and I first got together, we started fostering Pudge, and she was only like what three weeks old when we got her, three and weeks. I was already working with Nicole. And I basically had Pudge with me the entire time I babysat the girls. So she grew up with them. Tessa was six. And I remember one day, I, I guess Pudge was probably around four or five months old at this point. You guys maybe. are hearing noise in the background. It's That's Tasha. Tasha playing with toys and bones. So. She's just enjoying herself. Um, I think Pudge was around maybe four to six months old. I really can't remember when. But um, when she came home, Pudge did her normal thing where she, that was when she, it started, uh, getting excited and barking at the door. And I think it frightened her. But she had basically been there the entire time Pudge went from a puppy to now a Mm six-month-old. And from then on, I want to say for at least a month, anytime Pudge was there and was like free walking around, now let me tell you, Pudge is 12 pounds. I think at the time she was maybe six. Yeah. Um, Was that her ugly phase? That was her ugly phase. That was her ugly phase, yeah. She went through a real real weird phase. Trust me, (laughs) she was ugly. Her hair was grown out in weird spots and not grown in in the spots it should have been grown out in. It was just weird. Um, Tessa was kind of scared of her. Like, and she, now this is is a kid whose grandmother had a very large German Shepherd. You know what I mean? But I I guess just the way the pudge was with like the the random barking and, and the fast moving, she would get frightened. And um, not that Pudge would ever like nip or anything like that, but I think just just the unknown. And I think around that age, maybe five, six years old, that is when kids um, become more anxious. They become more self-aware of how the world views them. Um, I say the same thing about dogs when they come into maturity. Mm-hmm. 
Um, a little bit different, obviously, because a six-year-old is obviously not coming into maturity, but it's it's more so the for first dogs. time experiencing like embarrassment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how everyone else views them, and that's huge. And I think that's when dogs have a lot of change. <laughs> Tishy Tashi, she being crazy, chewing on bones and stuff. Um, so I think that's just something to realize. Like, take a look at your kids, and see what the situation is. See how they do with dogs prior uh, to getting a dog. Uh, family dogs, what kind of dogs they do well around. Do they need a more mellow dog? Maybe a puppy's not for you. You don't need to get a puppy. Right. That's not a necessity. Just trust me, that that really cute phase is it ends. short. <laughs> it ends. It is so short <laughs> that, that you're going to be like, man, this wasn't What did it. I do? This wasn't worth it. No, I literally, it. and even if you have like another dog, like we're saying, like the senior dogs or whatever, and let's say you are a very good person and you don't get rid of your senior dog. I have so many clients say to me, I feel so guilty. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, my older dog, what did I do? To- I just, yes. I picked up their perfect life. I picked up their perfect life and turned it upside down. And I'm like, listen, we're going to get through it. Hey, you know what? That brought life into Bruno. My I, childhood right? dog. Yeah. He was, he was, I think like eight, nine and he, no, probably eight or seven. No, I don't maybe know. Maybe younger, maybe six. No, I think he was like, or may, all right, let's just call it seven. Yeah. And he was he was slowed down. All he did was sleep, and he they wasn't doing do anything. And, and then we brought in another dog. She was about a year old. That was Zoe. Zoe. And like he he was terrorized. I just got excited. He was terrorized for about two weeks, and then we saw this whole other side of him that we hadn't seen in years. And he was just so full of energy, so playful. Always wanted to play with his toys. Always wanted to play with Zoe. Like he was just happy. And he made it till twelve. And he made it till twelve. And he would have made it a lot longer if it wasn't for what we suspect to be a brain tumor. Yeah. Um, but you know that you might be surprised what bringing a puppy into the mix and keeping your older dog just might do. Have I talked about my uh, two dog household rule? Yes, you have. Have I? Yes. Well, for definitely. anybody that hasn't listened to that episode, I believe truly in the two dog household rule. I think that every house that has a dog should have two dogs at some point. Um, if you have a dog, like John said, Bruno was around seven, eight years old. I believe that the do- when the dog gets that old, you need to bring a younger dog. It doesn't need to be a puppy. Mm-hmm. Just a younger dog just, into the mix. Just some fresh blood. It really does keep your older dog going. And if you end up with a no-dog household, it is very Ugh. difficult to... Yeah. No, yeah. You, you, it's, it's like coming home to an empty house after having a dog for years is extremely painful and you don't realize it until it happens to you and you're like what did i just do to myself yeah and then it's either it's one or two things you're going to get another dog right away and just rip the band-aid off or you're going to be like my dad's best friend fred and it's been six years and he's still he's still in mourning mm-hmm. and he cannot he yeah. can't he he cannot bring himself to get another dog because he is still mourning rudy i would really like to do an episode on mourning by the way I think that'd um, be great because it's obviously it's been on my mind quite a bit uh, having Tasha in the house now. That's our foster and still really kind of Opal being very fresh. It, it was just February. Yeah. The end of February. So it's almost, almost be March. A year. So, yeah, it, it's not a year yet. So it still kind of feels fresh and it, it doesn't feel fair to uh, to Tasha. I don't even know how to articulate it or explain it but you know i don't want to like hijack this whole conversation with it either i'd like to talk about it another day 
but it's it's just something that's been on my on my mind and yeah you don't want to start to put expectations of a past dog on a current dog because it's not fair she's very lucky though because she's very easy she is very easy i yes. feel like if she was uh more behaviorally challenged i think it would be rougher yeah i think it'd be different yeah it would be different but it's it and again, this is our first foster after Opal's gone. So it's it's definitely a learning curve for us, too. We went through something horrible. So it's, you know, one day at a time. Yeah, it's just hard. I don't know. I we'll don't even know how to. It. I don't even know how to. I'm still processing it. But it's just all I know is that I feel guilty Do for you? how I feel. Oh, as far it. as I just I guess I'll just say it so that I'm not beating around the bush here. I don't feel like I love her as much as I loved Opal, obviously. And I hope that we can get to that point. Mm-hmm. And especially when people keep asking, oh, you're going to adopt her? You're going to adopt her, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're going to keep her, aren't you? Right now, I can't say that because it's not fair to her to keep her when I have these expectations that I have of Opal and I'm projecting them on her. That's okay. So that's where I'm at with that. But you're you're processing and you're aware of your emotions, which is half the battle. Yeah, I guess so. We'll get there. Yeah, maybe we'll bring Maddie it's on. Not, again, it's not like we lost an old dog. We lost a baby. That's what makes it hard. That's, that's, that's it hard. Why, why it's lingering so much. Yep. Um. Yeah, maybe we'll bring Maddie on one day. Maddie fun. was on previously. He wrote, my name is Muskie. And he is also a bereavement counselor. So he's a chaplain. He's the guy who married us. He does it all. He christened, bat- he christened the baby. The baby. Yeah. Um, he baptized all the dogs other than Tasha. Uh, blessing, whatever. Well, that's what he calls it. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, maybe we'll bring him on. We'll do a, a bereavement episode. I'm sure that that would be a good resource for people. Oh, I absolutely think so, including myself. We keep we only call him when there's problems, so we need something. I feel bad. <laughs> I think he's used to that yeah, as I being know. a chaplain. <laughs> it's either really happy or really sad. Yeah. All right. So I'll give you a dog fact of the day. Oh, I miss these. I've been doing over one of these for a little while because, like, go back to the TikTok thing. Uh, I, of course, made a video calling out prong collars, and people comment on it and ju- try and justify them. They really just any attempt they can get to justify their laziness. So one of the arguments is that I put it on myself and it doesn't hurt. I tried it and it didn't hurt. It felt totally normal. So here's my main argument on that. The epidermis, which is a layer of the skin, on a dog's neck is approximately 3 to 5 cells. In humans, the epidermis is approximately 10 to 15 cells. Are we Huge pick- difference. Picking up on an issue here. Um, on top of that, I highly doubt that you applied the prong collar to your neck to the proper tightness because you'd need another person to yeah. put on the prong for you. Yes. And then you would not you, be able to do it yourself. Did you have that person leash pop you? Right. And then you from, gotta, from a position where you are on the ground on all fours and they are standing up dragging you. Yeah. To videotape it. I want to see it. Send it my way. That fact just got angry. Because that literally boils my blood when I see people justify how they use negative reinforcement on their dogs. And if you if you felt like what you were doing was just and there was nothing wrong with it, you would not feel the need to justify it. Mm-hmm. You would not feel the need to call me an idiot and to come at me on social media when you don't even know me. 
You, because you know it's wrong. You're an idiot for being able to solve this problem that I couldn't solve without a tool. Stupid. Like, <laughs> what? You're lazy and you're mean. So let's talk about some more facts about prong collars real quick. I put this one, I, I spent a lot of time on an infographic and I put it together, posted it to our Instagram at Boston University. You can see it on there. We talked about the surface area of collars and why is that important? The surface area is the part of the collar that's going to make direct contact with the dog and their neck. And that's what's going to exert any of the PSI applied to the, to the, to the leash. So that's the pounds per square inch pressure. So it's measured in Newtons, but I'm not going to go crazy here. Yes, the, layman's terms for the all of us. PSI is what's exerted over, distributed over the surface area. So when we took, we compared a 14-inch prong collar with two millimeter prongs, which is the standard small size prong collar, with a 14-inch martingale collar, which is a standard small martingale. The martingale is obviously one inch by 14, and the entire martingale will make contact with the neck. That gives it a 140 inch square inch, mm -hmm. uh, inches squared pressure distribution. I'm not looking at the infographic right now, but believe the math is correct on that one. Yeah. Or uh, no, I'm sorry, 14, one four, because it's one inch by 14. So a 14 inch squared pressure distribution. Mm -hmm. The prong collar at the two millimeter prongs, we, we took pi r squared. So you got to find the diameter, which was 0 0.008. Then we got the radius, 0 0.004, times pi, square it, and the pressure distribution. And then you got to multiply. There's 18 prongs. So I know there's a lot of numbers, but the only thing that, that matters is we're comparing 14 inches squared on the martingale to 0 0.009 inches squared on the prong collar for surface area. And I, the best way I could describe it is imagine somebody steps on your foot with a shoe. Right? That's mm -hmm. the martingale. And then I take my stiletto and, and you, I shove it onto right. to your toe. The same size person, same amount of weight, same force with a stiletto just on the point of the stiletto. Like what's going to hurt more? Right. Like it's, let's use logic here. It's and the same also, physics at work. Have you heard the uh, the justification of, well, that's how the mom would pick up the, pu pick up the puppy oh, when it was- For scruff? Oh, I'm sorry. Did the mother take its teeth and, and actually- put its head in its mouth so its entire mouth was around the dog's neck. Look, moms, Like, that doesn't happen. Moms move puppies by their scruff, right? Yes. But the puppies weigh like nothing. Nothing. It, mom isn't lifting a 40-pound animal. And it, Totally different. She doesn't have prong for, prongs for teeth. Right. She's using her teeth gently, and she's lifting them nicely. She's not leash-popping her puppy. And then someone in the inbox sent us some hate about being dishonest or in, in sending out misinformation. I didn't understand and where that came went from. went on about some tangent about the trachea, which we never talked about the trachea. We weren't talking about That was not the yeah. point I of the I have no interest in discussing the trachea because most prong collars have a trachea block on them. So the prongs are not, if it's properly fitted, the prongs will not touch the trachea. Yes. But that's not what we're discussing. We're discussing where the force is going. In, yeah, we're talking about in, prongs in general. Over how much surface area. Yes. So, but if you want to talk about the trachea, I and he said, you know, the uh, as the dog pulls forward, most of the weight goes to the front, the, the front part of the collar. And I said, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Most of the pressure is then distributed completely adjacent from where the where the leash attaches to the collar. 
What does that mean? That means that the, your surface area drastically drops because now you're you're using about a third of the collar to distribute the power, the the pressure. So all you did was prove my point. <laughs> That's all you did. You can't fix stupid. So you you actually made it so that it I needed to change the wording to say up to 0. 0.009 inches squared. Now it's not a two millimeter prong. I have the rest of the measurements on our Instagram at Paulson University. If you want to share that post, read through it. Um, yeah. So that's also we were also just like discussing surface area, the difference between the two tools. We're not saying that martingales are, are what you should walk your dog on. Right. Like don't take every single thing that you read and assume what just, we're trying to Yeah, All don't run with it. We're comparing collars that operate in the same manner. Yes. Which would be a large one large piece with a smaller loop and that loop tightens the larger piece. That's it. That's why I compared it to a martingale. And it's not painful. What? The martingale. Well, I mean, the martingale does apply direct pressure to the trachea, which is a problem. Yes. And that's why you shouldn't be walking a dog on a 100%. martingale. You should be 100%. walking a dog on a harness. Yes. That's it. All right. We've gone Lots of rants far today. far too long. When we rant, the time flies by. We're 53 minutes. Ugh. You guys should just be like a fly on the wall, like just during our day. So we just pop off. Could be. Um, what are we working on? Let's see. Let's get a little up to date. We missed a whole I week, want, so I feel like I want so badly to write my book, but I have no time. You got no time right now. You're not ready for your book. I feel like there's still more life experiences before you're ready to. You don't think I'm ready to write a book? I think I'm ready no. to write a book. You're close. I think you need to talk with. <laughs> you should talk to Elvis and. Uh, well, I want to talk to Elvis, and I want to talk to Susan as well. Yeah, because I think get a little info on. I think Elvis understands where I want to go with this. Mm-hmm. I think Susan understands the industry. So I think no, they're both. No, Elvis is a bestseller. Elvis understands the, he's a New York Times bestseller. No, I know. I'm talking about like the, the pet industry. The, oh, okay. All right. I yes. thought you meant the, the book publishing no, no, industry. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking more pet industry. Like she gets. You also have Maddie. Maddie published a book. True. And he's got his own press. I would love to write a, a children's book on yeah. being kind to, to dogs. All right. So, well, that's not, this I know. isn't I in know. motion We're, right now. See, again, this is the kind of conversations John and I have just sitting on the couch. Um, what is in motion right now is I'm seriously throwing around the idea of live streaming on Twitch, our podcast. I'm still learning. And in doing that, I'm. that's why I'm. the last couple of episodes have been unedited, just leaving in. I don't think we need editing. I think we're great. I know. I, I like You're to make it sound as good as possible. But here's the problem. And if anybody on here is that's listening is friends or family with john you know he's a perfectionist and almost to his detriment sometimes yes let it be we're wonderful i'm great (laughs) okay (laughs) you're stupid that's what tiktok says speaking of tiktok we're almost at like seventeen thousand followers um, from one so here's the thing if anybody wants to laugh no, and from I'm, two. I'm laughing right now yeah from two right i'm laughing so hard right now because it's so embarrassing but it's so true i have been working at tiktok for months i put really good content out there i'm literally telling people how to train their dogs john puts up hold two up. Well, freaking on. videos we had how many followers we had what like 300 and something before yours yeah um i think you're being very generous 280 I think it was like maybe, 280. Maybe. We had 280 followers. I made two videos. No, no, no. Just start with the one. Well, I made one video. How like, many I, views? How many views on that one damn video? Um, 
so I can slap you. 2.6 million views. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> because I've been working my butt 438. off. 438.9 thousand likes. 3,762 comments. It's ridiculous. I've been working my butt off and I've been taking so much time to come up with these TikToks. You put one freaking one up of, of telling this guy that he's doing it wrong and you make Oakley sit in a wait and walk outside and that's it. And then the other one about was making fun of prong collar covers because I'm like, what are you hiding? If anybody doesn't know, up, up, it's a prong collar and then they put like a regular nylon uh, collar over well, it. they sell like, the, the covers that you they, just wrap they around. They disguise it. They're disguising their prong collar so people don't know. But it's so obvious. It's so obvious because you can still see the prongs. That it's common. Unless they're like, unless you have like a woolly mammoth of a dog. Yeah. So that one has 35.7 thousand views. 3,860 likes. So we are up to 16.3 thousand followers, 446.9 thousand total likes. So TikTok's pretty fun, I think. Yeah, for you. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna continue to invest some time. So follow us on TikTok at Paulson University. Follow us on Instagram at Paulson University. Follow us on Twitter. I'm losing my breath here. Follow us on Twitter at Paulson Podcast. And then you can talk to us any time of day. If you're listening to this podcast and just tweet us your thoughts. We're still doing virtual trainings. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like exclusively at this point. Yeah. Um, except for the outdoor like pair walk kind of stuff that we're doing. Yeah, unless it's physical. We're just going to lay low. You know, we have the whole you have the whole Thanksgiving spike. and Yeah. We're just. Well, even just like it's I hate this pandemic so much. It's just like my mom got a cold and she flipped out. Right. And then, like, she didn't go to near the baby for like two, three days, but and like, it's all just, the dominoes fall down. So I she know. gets a cold. We saw her within the last two days. So now we and we're nervous. We couldn't go to our board meeting for Volox. We had to go virtual and 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 call in. Like but my mom, my mom one got, like, little three thing. tests, and they were all she negative because she she didn't think the first test was done properly. She thought the girl <laughs> didn't do it right. Well, do you know what the text I got was? She what? goes. The girl that did my COVID test is an x-ray tech. Should I be nervous? Oh, my I God. I said, Mom, do you think anybody that's doing COVID tests was properly trained in COVID tests? Like, that was their job before this all hit? No, everyone's doing the job because that's what they're doing right now. So, so she, no, I don't think you should be nervous. So, that test, she got Joanne. two tests at one time. She got a rapid and I think a PCR and they yeah, were they both sent negative. Out. Yeah, they sent it out. So, the rapid was immediately negative. Three or four days later, she got the second negative. And she didn't trust it, so she went and got a third test. Negative. And that is going to... I don't know if she got the results. Did she? Yeah. Yeah, so negative. Negative. And she's probably going to get a fourth because she's crazy. But, but this is all because... Well, because she had a post-nasal drip. And she had a little bit of blood in her phlegm. Yeah, and I said... <laughs> Which is not even a symptom, apparently, of COVID. <laughs> Bloody phlegm. Main symptom. <laughs> what? No fever, so nothing. We, I'm done. I'm over it. But... We love virtual trainings. Um, even if you just want one session to tell me your woes and I can tell you what you're doing wrong and be done with it. Just yeah. a check-in. It's so easy, too. It's You would be surprised what I can tell you in 45 minutes. Um, I always hear them from the other room. Do you laugh? I, I don't do them. You do the virtuals? Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just it sounds like a good time. You guys are always laughing. I'm funny. Making jokes. I'm funny. So definitely. (laughs) I literally, I try to make training your dog and understanding your dog as fun as possible. Because it's fun for me. Figuring out what's wrong with your dog is like, you, you've seen me in action. Mm -hmm. When I finally figured out, I'm like in like, what's, what's that game? Clue? 
when you finally figure out who killed blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yes. Like, that's me. I'm like, yes, I figured it out. This is the now face of somebody who has no idea what you're talking about. I know. Um, Do you don't know what game I'm talking about? No, but it, it is good to go. No, I know Clue. You, like, drop the things and flip them down. No, babe. That's a... Uh, what is that? Oh, God. Which one is that? The one where you're trying to figure out who the other person has and you flip down all the people? No, I'm talking about... Maybe that is Clue. Are you right? I am so What's right What's the on one this. with the revolver and... Oh, wait, no. With the candlestick? Yes. Murder <laughs> mystery? No. Which one is that Isn't one? Isn't that Clue? Let's see. Now we got to figure it oh, out. I think you're right. Let's see. Clue board game. If Whoever's listening to this is like... There's definitely at least one... <laughs> like Someone knows what we're talking huge about. Huge Clue fan... Tasha's throwing pillows. Board game. Yeah, no, I feel like I vividly remember this. Wait, what is the one? Images. Colonel Mustard with the revolver in the kitchen. Oh, this is nothing like what I thought it was. What? What, Let me see. What was I thinking of? Yes, that's Clue. I was right. If anybody knows what the one were you. Who's your something? Not who's your daddy. Um, No, there's the one where I know which one you're talking about. Like it's up top and you're trying to tell the person who they are by clues like blonde hair or yeah no board game flipped oh guess who guess who that's it <laughs> not clue you can oh, <laughs> pick up today for 9.99 oh that's a classic game i love that get game. it today just in time for your second I forgot lockdown about that game good for you guess who anyway i and the person in clue i'm ordering it when they <laughs> when they finally figure out who killed colonel mustard who is Colonel Mustard? One of the characters. Oh, God. Did you ever play? I don't think so. I don't have the attention span for for board games unless it's Or chess. movies or anything that's fun. Yeah. Or me. Fun. Or you. Fun. Well, back to fun. Yes. Yeah. So I, f- having fun is like the best uh, setup for learning. Yes. You should enjoy training your dog. This should not be a chore. And it's effective. And we are... Slowly churning out better videos, like higher quality, better audio. We're working on it. Of the commands that you would then watch after the fact. Like after your training, you'll have a little little homework. You'll be sent a video. Watch the video. This is what you're working on this week. It's uh, it, We're trying to set it up so it's as successful as possible. And there's you no... You need the resources. That's why I always tell clients that come to me, they're, they're a little bit skeptical about the virtuals. And I always say, I I don't blame them. I get it because I wouldn't want that either. And I even said to a client yesterday, I said, and they were wondering like when we're going to do physical, like when, when I'm going to be in person with them. And I said, listen, it's not going to happen until you physically need me. Mm -hmm. He said, but you'd be surprised. And I would say before COVID, I would never ever do a virtual training because that sounds dumb. Right. It's, it just sounds counterintuitive. How can I possibly do that? Right. You adapt. That's what we've all done this year. We're adapting. And I have to say, it's actually working out pretty well because now I'm training, I'm really training them to train their dogs. In the beginning, they physically saw me do it and the dog would would essentially work, learn from me from the first moment we we started because I would practice on them. When I'm doing it now, if a client is virtual, I'm showing them how to do it over FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, whatever. And they have to do it on their dog in front of me. Right. Now their dog is solely learning from them. 
Mm-hmm. So and then I tell them that they're doing something wrong and they switch it and I see them getting it. And I'm like, yes, that it's was perfect. It's something we didn't apply with our in-person trainings that maybe no. we need to switch over to. That's what I've been doing. Uh-huh. Now I actually make them do it first before I even do it. Yeah. Um, which I think it's working. I think it's building the relationship a little bit better because I do have some clients that I saw physically in person that their dog would just listen to me. Uh, because obviously I I know more about what I'm doing. I'm I'm. I don't want to say forceful. I'm more stern. No, it, I, I right. have it's, it's a demanding voice. voice. Yeah. It's in the It's, it's in the all presence. about your posture, the way you handle yourself. And a lot of my clients are, are more nervous when it comes to this stuff. And once they see me do it, they can do it, but it's not with enough oomph. Right. But when they learn from me and then they go back to that, they're like, oh, whatever. I guess what we're trying to say is we've really figured out how to provide the same quality yes. of service. Like, over virtual and we're just really excited about it yeah, I, th- I think I am. It's, that it feels good yeah there's so many people who are doing it right now so booking's going to be a little tight but we can like we can accommodate you reach out i'm gonna have you do virtual trainings nobody wants to talk to me i think everybody wants to no, talk i'm to just me. the grumpy guy in the podcast who puts out angry tiktoks and gets a lot of followers i hate you <laughs> I can't, I'm still so mad about it. I put out, if you guys look at TikTok, look at all the, the videos that it's went literally out. literally like 30 of you and then two of And me. then just John. And I'm like, is this a joke? Like, am I, what's the problem? I don't know. I paid off the algorithm. I would be so mad if that was the truth. <laughs> um, yeah, back to the Twitch thing. I really, oh, yeah. I think it's a good <laughs> idea. I Obviously, you know that I'm apprehensive, but you want to do this. You so we just... have this conversation today. I'm literally brushing my teeth in the bathroom and John goes to me, I have an idea. He's talking about Twitch. I know nothing about Twitch other than the fact that one of our, our girls, Casey, uh, did it in the meantime when she was quarantined. I'm sure she's still doing because I think she really enjoys it. Yeah. And I think she's learning a lot about so it. what is and Twitch? She's, yeah. So Twitch is basically like a streaming service mm-hmm. um, and people can subscribe and, and pay to your channel um and they can support you it's an easy way to support but it allows you to live stream your video audio everything so what we want to do is literally the as we're recording this right now like it would just be we could just have a videotaping us us. and you can have the the same quality audio that you're hearing right now because it'll go right through the mixing board and we, we just need to get a better quality camera but then you can then Tune in every time we're live on Twitch and we we can do things outside of this podcast. We could do Q&As. We can do, yes. you know, just let's just chat. Let's hang out with our subscribers. But then you were so hesitant. I'm like, why are you hesitant? We do it anyway. <laughs> we're literally sitting here right now. And if you had a camera on us, it would well, literally. I wanted to hold stop on. this 30 minutes ago. So, yeah, we could just literally just talk. Yes. But I, I wanted to touch on this because I think, again, like I said, therapy session. You were so hesitant. And I'm, th- I'm like, of course, it's not going to work if we don't do it. Of course, we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. But y- you were so nervous about it. I was like, let's just do it. Like, we're just getting things out now. This is what we're doing. We're trying to reach as many people as possible to give a good word about dog training, the positive way, and change how people treat their dogs. Yeah. And that's the most, I got to, that's what it comes that's, down that's to. That's the most important part. You are such yeah. a perfectionist. I need you to just stop. Let's wrap this up. This this is far too long. I I said let's do just a thirty minute episode this week. I don't I don't know how much we could talk about the Christmas puppy effect. 
here we are. We'll be touching a lot of different things. <laughs> um, please like, subscribe, rate us five stars if you'd like to. And uh, follow us on Instagram at Boston University, on TikTok at Boston University, Twitter at Boston Podcast. Let us know if you play any of those board games. Um, <laughs> I need really them now. Curious. Now I want to play them. Target has it in stock. Which one? Not yours, mine. Guess who? They're both good. Mine's a little better. Yours is more juvenile. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. Yeah. So keep an <laughs> On eye that out note. For, for Twitch. I don't think that we're going to, well, we might do one before January. Why wouldn't might do, we? Might do like one or two trial runs. Because Come I'm, on, get in there. Now that I'm like learning the software, um, like the streaming software, kind of getting a little excited about it. Yeah, you know let's how just I am. do techie. it. Yeah, so you we'll techie. And then you wonder why I don't research because you literally research everything for me. Yeah. I'm like the worst. He'll say, Google it. And I'm like, what do I write? I don't know what to write. TikTok doesn't stop. Which one is it? It's the usual stuff. Let's see. Which one? The 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 door bashing see, one or yeah, the prom the door, collar one? It's the door bashing. Somebody commented said, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> it's just nonstop. I almost regret it. No, but then you I, don't. Then I don't. Don't regret it. That's so mean to say to somebody who's working their butt off. Mm-hmm. I did come up with a really good TikTok. Um, what's the trend? It's like it's it's the little little different by Rum Chata, but it's just no the instrumental beat. The we one that I did the song to. I know, but we can literally play it right now. Oh, that makes me nervous. Why? Because you you didn't think your actual listeners were going to hear it. Yeah, you TikTok was going to hear it. <laughs> I literally spent. Two and a half hours last night, I I came up with a script um, to the song. Like everybody kind of, to this specific song on TikTok, people are kind of explaining what they do for their profession and, and what what people would get by listening and, and following their their page. So that's what I did. And I, um, I came up with this whole script and um, I, sh- I let John read and he was like, wow, it's actually really good. And I was really proud of myself because I haven't done anything like that in a very long time. And um, it took me forever to record because it's a very fast song. So you have to like keep with the beat and I kept messing up, but I finally got it. Um, should I play it? Okay. I think that if, if anybody is, we're an hour in almost 11 minutes. Oh, it's playing. Hold on. Oh, oh. Well, we don't want to get a, uh, a copyright strike on that yeah, one. Don't do that. Um, we're almost a minute and ten in. I think that anybody that's still listening has earned this exclusive. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so what do I just click this? Uh, click yeah, go to, go to drafts. Right there. But it's not going to play immediately. So go to drafts. There's other drafts there. So click it. Oh, I see. And then click the, click the first one. The first one? Yep. Ooh, all right. But don't delete it. I just want to make sure. Don't I get the you point. dare delete. That. See, that's where it's, it's a lot of pressure. All right. Um, Let me see. You're making me nervous. No, no, no. What do I do from here? See, I'm not even going to cut this out. Normally, I would cut this out. That this little. Oh. You ready? I'm talking to Pudge. Hello, I'm Jamie Cap, a force free dog trainer. I don't use any punishment. It's really a no-brainer. If you're sick of all the animal abuse and very harmful tools. 
welcome because this side of TikTok, it's for you. That relationship you're struggling with your dog, yeah, that's the one. Instead of feeling frustrated, I can make it that much fun. To all you balance trainers who think we don't know shit, we train out aggression too. We just don't yell or hit. See, it's different here. I'll teach you. You won't be sorry. We won't be forced to follow rules that make you feel very naughty. Prong collars are unnecessary, neither shocks or ease. Try patience, love, and understanding. Your dog will learn with ease. Force free is not overnight, it definitely takes some time. Stick around, I'll show you. It's better to be kind. That was incredible. I got chills. <laughs> Stop it. I, I thought you were the little. Little, <laughs> little different? A little different. I thought you were a little different. <laughs> well, it also took me. I, I, I thought I was much better at tech than. I that I am I've been telling you for months at least you make me look really bad this is obviously a trend right like this is like what people do on TikTok all the time imagine if it wasn't do you, you know just... shut up do you know how long it took me to find that music I bet for some but then an hour in I realized that they took it down so you couldn't find it from TikTok so I literally had to get my iPad play the beat from YouTube while I was recording on TikTok on my iPhone Really? That's how you did it? Yes. And you were on your your video chat with your friends, and I was like, I'm not going to ruin his time because of my stupidness. So. Huh. You could have just recorded the audio on. Okay. We're not going to get crazy. So there you go. You earned it for listening to this entire episode. You get to hear that. <laughs> the uh, exclusive premiere. What are you calling that? What's the name of that song? Hold on. I almost just deleted it. Don't do that. So I'm getting very nervous. So give me a second. Save his draft. Woo! Okay, my heart's pounding. <laughs> well, you should play it over and screen grab it then if you're that worried about it. Okay. All right. Can we wrap this up? Yes, we can. All right, good. Because I'm getting tired. Are what? you? What time is it? It's 1 a.m. Oh, goodness. 6 a.m.? 1.06 a.m. Oh, 1.06. I was going to say. All right. So that's all we have for this episode. Uh, like, subscribe, follow us on Don't Instagram. you dare go through all of that again i'm doing it and (laughs) it follow us on instagram for all the updates on if we do this twitch thing we would really like you to join us then you can watch it live so you can see all the blunders and then maybe you can then save us a ton of time by saying hey idiots it's guess who (laughs) right in the comments funny you're you're saying twitch right now right i don't know much about twitch okay because it's not that popular yet, and I think I think it it's is pretty in, popular, but it's it's niche. Yes, which I am not in at all. <laughs> so, but I remember you telling me probably eight months to a year ago mm-hmm. about TikTok, and I was like, "What the hell is TikTok? What are you talking about?" And you're like, "No, no, this is this is going to be the up and coming thing. This is what what's going to get people noticed." And here we are. I mean, the the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to TikTok. I'm married to you. I love you. And I also want to hit you because you're always right. And it's annoying. Until next week. (laughs) Class dismissed.